welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, October 13th, 2021, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today we are joined by our dear friend, Petri Groza. Uh, Petri has been a longtime partner of Lifeline through our strategic orphan care arm called Unadopted. Uh, we actually have a team that is on the ground with Petri now uh, in Romania, uh, our Unadopted team, as well as Mark Sly, our Vice President of International Services are there with Petri. Uh, documenting the work that has been done. Uh, and we're actually are, are, are documenting this work so that next summer we'll be able to show these to kids and, and be able to use a lot of the work that's being done through Ringen to include, to encourage young children going through vacation Bible school and other summer programs with our Mission Kid curriculum. So uh, shameless plug, I put out there right now, be looking out for the Mission <laughs> Kid curriculum in summer 2022 if you enjoy this podcast and love hearing what the Lord is doing in Romania. But before I bring on Dr. Rick, I want to remind you about the How to Fund Your Adoption ebook. For those seeking to adopt, we have produced an ebook book to help you as you financially prepare for the journey of adoption. It's filled with tips, resources, contact information for grant organizations, and so, so much more. I know one of the major hurdles and major barriers to families deciding to build their family through adoption or to reach out and, and help a child looking for a family through adoption is the cost. The cost can be prohibitive. But we want to show you that you can fund your adoption and you can do it in a way where it actually costs very little. There are grants, there are resources, there are tips, and there's so much more. And we've put this together in this adoption ebook. To receive this free ebook or to learn more, you can always see our show notes or visit lifelinechild.org. Well, Dr. Rick, I know you and I both have had the blessing and the privilege of getting to travel to Romania and to get to, to see some of the work that Petri is doing in the Ringen Foundation. Uh, it's such a blessing to have Petri here. And I know too, not only have we seen what the Lord is doing through Petri and Kyle in Romania, but we've also been able to hear Petri's heart as he's led some of our global partners and, and our global conferences. And I know you, for instance, have led many a panel with Petri. Uh, why are you so excited this morning that we get to hear from Petri? And I, you know, I really am excited about this. And I, I think part of it for me is just the the personal friendship. Um, Petri is, uh, is one of the you know, just a delightful friend that we get a chance to, to do life with. And, and from, from the very, you know, from the very beginning, I think I've, I've been impressed with um, his heart for the Lord, um, his, you know, desire to care for the vulnerable, but to grow the church in the direction of that. Um, and, and really to challenge the church in Romania to, to have a heart for, for those that are, you know, that are different, particularly, you know, we, uh, we think about the Roma people and, and kind of the difficulties in, in those who are, who are ostracized and, and those that are on the outside of society. And, um, you know, Petri continues to, to really just be a, a, a voice into the church. Um, he also, and I'll, I'll say this before the interview, he's one of the funniest people I know. 
And so there, there really is um, his sense of humor. Just he has a way of kind of cracking me up. And, and so I love being with him and just kind of the banner back and forth because uh, there's just a sense of the joy of the Lord. Uh, in him and his family and and have just enjoyed the the opportunity to be with them and to see that and it's it's really been cool and it's been a it's been a gift of God that we have been able to you know through the pandemic um, stay connected and do some of these global conferences and and really you know be connected and see our our opportunity to minister to people around the world and so he's he's been an integral part of ministering to partners um, on, you know, the four corners of the globe over the course of the last couple of years, um, through all of this. And, you know, and, and, and so I, you know, Petri, I'll, I'll just go ahead and turn it toward you. First of all, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, and, and, uh, and man, I, I think maybe rather than us trying to do, um, you know, a long-winded introduction about you and, and Regen, I'd, I'd love for you just to, you know, introduce yourself a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, and then um, just Regen and how you became involved in that work and, and, and really who, who Regen is as a ministry. Yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, hello. Uh, it's good to be with you um, today, and I am uh, honored to, to be invited to have this discussion. So, as you said, my name is Petri Groza. And uh, I, when I heard Irby asking Dr. Rick, you know, what, why, what, what he likes about me, you know, I, I thought he's going to say, and I have to live up to the expectations of that I, I'm funny. But I thought he's going to say that he invited me in, in, to have this discussion because of my accent, you know, because usually people from the States love uh, like a foreign accent or Eastern European accent. But anyway, I uh, I am glad uh, to be able to just share a little bit about Regen, about myself, about my family, and I I want to just uh, share a little bit about my family first. I'm married. My wife's name is Kyle, and we have three girls. Our oldest uh, is Lydia. She's 16. She actually just turned 16 a couple of days ago, and then our middle one is Miriam, 14, and Sophia is the youngest. She's 11. Uh, I can say that uh, I am sort of like the product of God's grace um, in, in the way that I got involved in ministry. And even more, I, I would say God's active regeneration of a broken life. That's what I, I can see looking back in my life. And uh, I, I started uh, way back after I finished high school uh, by failing educationally in my life. You know, I, I didn't pass some exams and I had some plans to, to do certain things in life, but not ministry at all. But God's perfect plan of working uh, on my life um, was to just bring me to a place where I had to recognize that God is my supporter and my sustainer and and kind of to give up on my own dreams and let him uh, work in my life. And um, I managed to finish a university studying business administration uh, with the desire of learning more about leadership from a secular perspective and see how uh, the the people in this world teach about leadership. And then I did also an MA. I have an MA, a master's in transformational leadership. Um, I got to study in the US and that was like a theological degree. Um, so in my first part of my life, I served by building chapels in Romania, little churches, but by joining a, a ministry, a mission, a part of the IMB. Um, and I was part of building about 60 to 70 chapels in Romania, um, in villages, poor villages. And this is, I think, where really God started to cultivate his passion 
for the underprivileged in my heart. Um, because we would work every summer in a poor village. Uh, we would work with poor people. And I don't know, God just put this passion in my uh, heart to really go and share the gospel with the underprivileged. And in 2006, I joined a team of people here in my town that had a, that had a common passion. And we, had, we began building the Horizon of Hope Center, which was finished in 2014. And I will go into that a little bit when I explain what we do. Uh, and then in 2015, I started Regen, uh, the Regen Foundation. And my passion really was to share the good news with the children and youth uh, from the underprivileged areas around uh, our town here. So um, I don't know, do you want me to just also describe a little bit the vision, the mission of Regen? And is, yeah, is that absolutely. Yeah. Keep going, brother. Okay, okay. Please stop me if I go too much. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would say that the vision, the main vision of our foundation, of Regen Foundation, is to really see um, men and women, children or adults regenerated by the power of the gospel. So that's that's our main vision. Um, and the name Regen actually came uh, from this desire of seeing people regenerated. So regenerated, Regen. Uh, so we believe that there are so many uh, in Romania in need of regeneration. And the gospel brings this transformation, I think, in in uh, the life of the people. Um, so our mission is really to show God's love in a practical way uh, or practical ways, I would say, maybe even more uh, accurate. And we do that by building relationship with the children, with the youth and, and their parents uh, in a few specific locations uh, in the area of Fagarash uh, here in Romania. And Fagarash is a town of maybe 30,000 people right in the center of Romania by the highest mountains um, and this is the promotional part, you know, where we uh, we promote our area, which it is the most beautiful area of Romania. I'm not joking. That is the truth. You can uh, search the facts or research the facts if you want. Um, so, yeah, the, this area has um, a very low um, p number of, of Christians, believers. Um, we There are a few churches, evangelical churches in town but the numbers of people are in the hundreds, maybe. Um, I don't think we have maybe uh, 250, I would say, or not even that, that many Christians out of 30,000 uh, people. So, but what we do, we reach out, region reaches out to four main locations. We have a neighborhood of our town in Fagarash, which is uh, more of a Roma community, uh, probably 98% of the people living there live in poverty, in shacks-looking type of uh, houses. Um, and uh, we, we go there and we have we run a couple of programs, and I'll share them. And then we have also Mundra. It's a village nearby. Twarkla is a village a little bit further away. And also we go to another village, which is called Dejan. Um, and most of the people that we work with um, are people living in poverty. And then, I, as I was sharing, more then maybe I would say 85% of all the children, all the people that we work with are of the of, or of Roma ethnicity. Um, so they're gypsies or Roma people. Um, the, and let me share with you just a, a few of the programs that we, that we run uh, at Regen. With the main program that we have and that we run at Regen is uh, called, we called it uh, Homer Clubs, uh, Homer Club Program. And it's a program where we go in these locations and we go and, and um, have a time 
of uh, sharing with the ch- with the children that come there. And we have various numbers. We have in certain locations, we have, I don't know, 20, 30 kids. We used to have before the pandemic, even 60 kids, like two groups of 30 or, or so. Uh, and it would vary. Sometimes when we would have special events, we would get like 60, 70 kids, you know. Um, and other, other uh, locations, we have maybe 20 kids or 30 or 15 and, and so on. And we go there and we have our staff. And then we also have some volunteers that go and share. In some places, we share the gospel uh, only. And we don't really do educational programs because they don't need, need it as much. So we just concentrate on sharing the gospel uh, with the children. Uh, and then in other locations, we share the gospel and also we uh, help them with their homeworks, uh, with their homework. And we, so we have Bible lessons, we do some crafts, we do homework uh, aid for, for them. And this is basically our homework club uh, program. Uh, then we also have the Horizon of Hope Center. Uh, and this is a transition center that I was sharing with you that it started, the initial phase started in 2006 and it was finished in 2014. Um, so it took a long time to build and it's, it's a big center and it's a transition center where young people over 18, um, receive help when they find themselves in harder places in life. Uh, when it's, it was made also with the vision of, uh, children or young adults that come out of a placement center of an orphanage and don't have a place to go. Um, we would be ready to receive them and just as a transition place, help them train them. Uh, get them ready to to find a job and find a, a, a rent somewhere in, in the town. Um, so, and also uh, we lately, since the pandemic, a bigger, a bigger, a bigger, excuse me, can you hear me? No, still? Okay. Uh, a bigger problem that we've noticed and a bigger um, issue that we've seen uh, has been to, um, We've noticed a problem with the, excuse me, some, some, someone keeps uh, interrupting a little bit, S- has been with uh, families, families in need of a place to stay. So um, that, that was one of the needs that we've seen. So lately we've had at our centers uh, just a couple of families with children that came and stayed uh, in, in our center. Um, so this is basically the Horizon of Hope uh, place. It is also used, or we use it also um, for different events that we have, let's say with the youth or with children um, next um, week while the, uh, while the team, the lifetime team will be with us here. We will also organize, or we are trying to organize if the law will allow us with all this pandemic and high numbers, we'll organize um, an event where some of the girls from the placement center will come there and we'll have maybe a meal together, we'll play some games together, we'll have the Lifeline people share a little bit about what Lifeline is and what they do all over the world, uh, just for the girls to hear something different and to get out of the center, because this is what the director of the center shared with us, that that's one of their needs, to, to help the girls get out of the center, because they spend a lot of time there and they don't have a lot of, um, a lot of activities there. So, um, yeah, this is the Horizon Hope Center. Then we also have another uh, program. It's called the Shine Little Star program. Um, and that we started that about two years ago, I think. And it was started with the desire of creating, working, focusing more, let's say. Homework clubs are with a lot of children. We work with a lot of children. 
But then Shineless Stars, we wanted to be a, a more focused program where we choose, let's say, 10 to 17 uh, children from a location. And we work with them um, uh, a few times a, a week in compar comparison with uh, the homework house where we just work uh, one time a week. And we have a, a, a lady from our church that she's hired and she takes care of, uh, she's also a teacher at, at a uh, state school in town. And uh, this was started with the desire of creating positive examples in the communities that we work. Um, now, I will share probably a little bit later also some challenges here, but mm -hmm. this is what our desire is, really to, to help some of the children kind of excel and grow and um, get to a stage that's different than the rest in that community. And um, so this is the Shine of the Stars. We have, a, we have also a facility. We have a classroom in town. So we go with our cars, we pick them up, we bring them to the location here in town, and uh, they spend about an hour and a half doing either math, Romanian, English, and also Bible, uh, Bible teaching. We also have uh, a wood workshop. Um, one of the problems found in the poor communities that we work in is um, really this lack of desire of working or holding a job for a longer period of time. And we've, we kind of thought that this will be a good idea to uh, bring the children to, um, to a working envir environment that we created, like a wood workshop, and uh, kind of give them the opportunity to work something and do something with their hands, something fun to create different things that they saw, that they drew or that they saw somewhere. Um, so that's, that's why we use this wood workshop. And then we also do training events. Uh, and part of our vision is to also reach out to the adults, to the parents, mm. and mainly the parents of the children that Region works with. Wor works with. Uh, so a few times a year, Region organizes trainings um, with or for the parents, addressing various issues that they face in their communities or that we see. I don't know if they necessarily recognize them, but we, that we notice in their communities, such as like family violence and parenting and hygiene care um work ethics and and so on and so we we try to organize those every now and then and then also one of the big things that we do is summer camps with the children so that's the highlight really of the of the year for the children where we take them to summer camps so we have two weeks usually uh, of, a, of summer camps where we take uh, over 100 children um, in those two camps um and then we also have we have other other ways that we are involved. We have scholarships that we offer for young people that go to un university. We have scholarship for children that are doing well in school. Uh, we also provide clothes uh, and other things that people donate. Uh, we're just like a middle person. If someone from our church or from other churches or just anyone in town wants to know, donate, they call us and we go pick it up. And then we find someone that needs either furniture, piece of furniture or some uh, clothes and, and it's funny because just yesterday I was with this guy um, he's my age uh, and he had a lot of problems uh, his face is burned and um, but I've known him for quite a good years now he's from Torkla and he comes to church there uh, I brought him because he wanted to talk to me and also look through some clothes so then as he was picking clothes and you know pants and all that and shirts uh, I got to talk to him about his salvation a lot, you know, and he's not saved, but 
well, he had a lot of questions, you know, he shared that he wants to be saved and you know, all that, but that he's smoking and that he has other addictions. And so uh, it's it, these, these, all these things, you know, the, the way that we show God's love in a practical way are things that allow us to really uh, share um, God's truth, you know, uh, besides showing God's love in a practical way, I would say. So I think Petri, is, you know, I, in and I think is, you know, even as we, uh, you know, hear about all the things that, that you're able to do through Regen and, and really all these varied ministries, the, the thing that, that really has drawn our hearts together and, and really the place where our partnership is predicated is um, not on the breadth of all the different things that you're doing, but it's the commonality of, of the gospel being at the center of everything mm-hmm. you do. And, and I, I think, um, so man, I'd love for you to just kind of talk a little bit about, um, how you, like how you maintain that focus on the gospel in the midst of doing so many different things and meeting so many different needs in your community. Um, how do you, how do you, you know, keep your staff and, and the churches and the people that you work with really centered on the importance of, um, sharing the gospel and kind of living out the fruit of the gospel as, as the center of everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a challenge I would say. Um, but what we have that really helps us is um, this staff meeting on Mondays. So every Monday we meet and uh, to be honest, I, I have to share this with you because I've learned this and I, I applied it to regen. Well, after I came and visited lifeline, um, mm-hmm. I came and I visited Lifeline and I was invited to one of your staff meetings. I'm not sure if it's on Mondays or not. I can't remember. But I was invited and you guys started with a time of uh, a devotional. So then I was like, man, I have to go back. And this is like huge. We, we have to do this too. And, and so we started doing this. And since, I don't know, it's been a couple of years since we, I came and visited. And um, we, since then, we've been doing this. So what we do basically is we go through the Bible. We take books at a time so we every time we meet we uh, read a chapter and we discuss a little bit all of us on the on that chapter what god speaks to us and what we see in the scripture and then we pray together and then we pray also at the end um, of our meeting so i think that is crucial uh, to keep us focused on what our vision is you know to really share uh, the gospel with the people um, so I think, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the most important thing that keeps us accountable, I would say, you know, to share the gospel. Yeah, that's, you know, and I, I think for us, it, that is, um, maybe the most important time that we spend all week. And, you know, when we have mm. our staff together in Bible study, when we're, you know, beginning our mornings in prayer and, and it's, it, it's like, it's great to hear. And it's a great affirmation that that's, that's a meaningful thing to you and your ministry as well, because we, you know, we really feel like that um, probably the most crucial challenge that we face in ministry is, is losing our gospel focus and, and just doing good things for reasons that are not really eternal and not really kingdom focused. And, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and so I think that's, that's really affirming to hear Um, like, so, you, you've alluded to, and you talked a little bit about the pandemic and, and kind of some of the, you know, some of the things that have, that have changed or some of the things that have been different. 
Um, mm-hmm. What, you know, talk about that a little bit, because you're in a, in a, in a, ser- a setting right now. And we were talking off air before we, you know, before we actually got into our interview today about the fact that the pandemic is kind of raging again in, in Romania. Maybe it's even a little worse now than it has been before. Um, mm-hmm. How's that, how's that impacted your ministry? How's that changed, um, you know, what you do and, or, or maybe how's it changed how you do it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, since the beginning of the pandemic, it has, we've gone through a couple of challenging moments, I would say. Uh, at this stage, yeah, as, as you were mentioning, uh, we have, two days ago, we had the highest number of infected people in a day since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, we had 15,000 people, um, that over 15,000 people. And also our uh, medical system is uh, up to the limits. Uh, we they, they were just saying that our ICU beds are all filled up. We don't have any more. And they're trying to send some of the crucial patients outside of Romania or to neighboring countries and stuff. Um, but I think before the pandemic, really, we were focusing and our uh, idea was to focus on the crowds. You know, we would go and do with a lot of children and just kind of throwing there the seeds, you know, the gospel. Um, 50, 60 children, 80 children, you know, coming to our home or clubs. Uh, but during, during the pandemic, we were not able to do that. Um, and even now, we cannot do that to just gather so many ch- children because also the facilities that we have, they're not, they're just small rooms where we meet and stuff. So uh, also, it would be responsible for us to gather such big crowds of children in one place, knowing that people are dying and also. Um, but um, as far as our team, I think we've gone. Uh, so, so basically, we focused. We we started to focus more on on uh, people, on uh, personal relationship, and and that's where we we had some uh, some people that uh, really reached out to us for help, families, and and um, some of our like Mirella, one of our uh, staff members, she really reached out to the young moms, um, to the moms that were pregnant or the moms that were um, that had babies, and she reached out to them to help them uh, in various ways. And this really created a relationship between the parents and, and region. Before we had a relationship, but let's call it, it was more of a professional relationship, not necessarily a, a personal and, and a warmer relationship with the parents mm-hmm. in a sense. We would invite them to various uh, events and all that, but uh, the pandemic really helped us to get in touch more on a personal level with the um, with the people that with the parents that of the children that we work with, so that was one of the I would say I would say one of the things that God really worked um, and did something great out of this pandemic. Um, and then also as far as our team, I would say we have gone through uh, big time moments of discouragement through the pandemic, mm. especially at certain points during the pandemic last year. Um, we were in those moments where we were stuck in the house and we were not allowed to go and meet with the children. And those were really hard moments, especially for, for some of uh, our team. Uh, And we thought about relationship growing cold. And if we don't go, we thought about losing the connection with the supporters and losing support. Um, So those were, I would say, challenging moments for, for us, but it was, it was amazing. You know, how God used those times, um, to test our faith, basically. I, I personally really thought that maybe even our support will, 
will go down and we'll have to close uh, regen. Uh, I, I was, I, I was af- afraid. I have to be honest and, and say that. But then God just like showed his grace and his uh, provision in such a way that uh, overwhelmed us, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. And so that really caused us and made us trust him more, in, in him more. And in those moments when uh, we panicked maybe a bit and we thought that all our ministry will stop, he showed his power and, bless- and blessing and it was just a, a really teaching and transformational moment, I would say, um, for, for us in those moments. And also during the pandemic, we had the opportunity to kind of stop a little bit from all the running around of all the programs and a lot of kids and being tired and all that. We managed to stop and also reach out to the girls from the orphanage, from the placement center in town. That's when also we kind of said, okay, well, let's try and see if we can uh, do something for the girls as we were not able to to go and run everywhere else um, around. So, so yeah, I think God has really shown his, his grace during the, the period, and he taught us a lot through the moments that we went through. So, Yeah, Petri, I think for maybe those who are listening who don't really even understand about the Roma population in Romania or even the needs of the children, in Fagarash and around Romania. Could you just give maybe a glimpse at, at, at why there is this need around you and why there is this need in Romania? Sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the, the issues with the Roma population in Romania is uh, still uh, that there's a lot of discrimination against them. Mm. And uh, so the need comes out of that because even when we do things with the, with the Roma, Romas, uh, a lot of the people that when we go and let's say share with them, hey, this is what we're doing and this is our project and we're trying to help them educationally and share with them uh, that they can do better in, in life and come out of their context. They kind of say, well, with these guys, you can't do anything with them. You can't change them. Um, so it, it is it's a need because not a lot of not a lot of people get involved to work with them. And uh, so if if we won't, if we don't get involved, then they're just stuck in this vicious circle of poverty, lack of education, mm-hmm. uh, lack of exposure to the gospel, and um, so this is, I think, the main need that we see, and this is why we uh, are involved and we try to to share the gospel with them and also help them in practical ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I guess just as as folks are listening to this and hear all that the Lord is accomplishing through you and all that the Lord is doing, what are some specific ways that they can be praying for you and for uh, Ringen Foundation in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I would probably split here, as you said, uh, in region and also personal uh, mm-hmm. prayer, uh, prayer requests. I, I be- truly believe, based on the experience in ministry so far, uh, that the devil is trying to attack uh, ministries and also especially people that are in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would ask that you would, uh, that everyone that hears this would pray for um, our, my personal life as far as mm-hmm. my marriage and my relationship with my children and for mm-hmm. my children, actually. Um, and for my marriage, you know, I, we, I think the devil tries to attack that. And he knows that if that doesn't work well, uh, then the ministry won't work well. Um, so uh, please pray that um, our marriage will be strong, will stay strong, that we'll 
um, God will empower me and my wife to be able to serve with more strength um, and um, that there won't be, you know, pro- problems without, between us. I mean, there will be, I'm sure, uh, as any, every marriage has problems and stuff, uh, moments, ups and downs. But please pray for that. I think that's where the devil will attack first. And then please, please pray for my girls um, yeah. because they are growing up during very difficult times, I think. And not just my girls, probably your children, everyone that listens, you know, they're also going through difficult times. But please pray for my girls. Um, they're going through challenging times because of once one, because of the pandemic. And also they're going through online schooling. Uh, and two, because they are one of the only believers in their school or classrooms, you know, which creates a lot of pressure in their lives. And there's a lot of uh, we they in our church right now, we don't really have a lot of um, youth you know so that they're kind of feel they feel lonely and they need a, a group to belong and they're drawn towards the friends so p- please pray that they will be protected from sinful people sinful thoughts sinful behaviors um so and then i would say pray for our team at regen that we would continue to work in unity that we would have the wisdom to make the right decisions in these um s- uh, such dark waters that we that we're all going through with the pandemic um, and also something more specific, I would say we we're looking and we're discussing to find another person to, to that will join our team to hire another person. Uh, but now we put that on hold just temporarily because of the high numbers, because who knows, we might have to actually pause all the, the homework clubs for right now. But we're looking for another person to come uh, once the, this wave hopefully will die. Um, and please pray that God will send us the right person. Mm. And pray for all the people that we try to reach with the gospel, that they will respond to the gospel, yeah. you know, and then we have many of other specific prayer requests, but I mean, we share them in our newsletters and, and so on. So thank you. Thank you for offering that. Amen. Prayer is important. Amen. Patrick Rosa, you're a dear brother. And uh, we are really, really thankful to have had the opportunity to have a conversation with you today, but really are more thankful to get to, uh, stand shoulder to shoulder and do ministry together. Um, so thank you. Thank Kyle, um, your girls, the team you lead. Um, the Lord is, the Lord is using you, uh, in a, in a really special way in Romania. And, uh, we, um, for folks that are listening to us today, um, we encourage you to go to lifelinechild.org and, uh, to under our global ministry section to, Check out Romania, learn a little bit more about the work that Petri's doing and the things that uh, God's accomplishing in Romania. And um, there are ways for you and for your church to be involved. Um, you certainly can pray. And and we, um, the prayer requests that he shared today and many more, we'd love to be able to share with you and continue to, to help you to stay connected and, and to be involved in their ministry. Um, but as the Lord allows and as travel opens up, there's opportunity to, to go and to be with them and to, um, to serve alongside them. And we'd love to talk to you about that and about ways that, that your church might be able to partner with Petri's church in order to, um, to see the gospel flourish in Romania. And uh, we have you know, partners who literally, they, they say it's transform, transformed their church when they've connected with a church uh, somewhere else in the world and and form that kind of church to church partnership. And that's, that's part of what we want to be here to do and, and how we want to help. And so um, 
check us out on at, at our website, lifelinechild.org. Um, all the information about Romania and about Petri's ministry is there. And uh, we'd love to begin that conversation with you. So again, Petri, thank you for joining us. And thank you, all of you, for, for listening today and for joining us. And uh, we invite you back next week to join us on the Defender Podcast, um, where we will continue to talk about how God is um, helping uh, His church to um, care for the vulnerable and, and to do it in His name for the sake of the gospel. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.